Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Drought Damage Smooth Brown Pastures, Assessment and Recovery Considerations. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Dr. Darren Redfern, who's a Nebraska Extension Forage and Crop Residue Specialist, as well as Ben Beckman, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator. Thanks for joining me today. Aaron, I'm certainly glad to be here. Yeah, glad to be here, Aaron. Well, guys, as we record this podcast, it's early August, and for much of the eastern third of Nebraska, it was a tough April, May, early June. Not much in terms of moisture, and uh, many of the pastures in your area would be smooth brome, introduced cool season species. Those smooth brome pastures really did get dinged by the just the weather conditions of the spring, the short moisture, and then, of course, in many cases, people still had a place to have to go with their cows, and so they turned them out on the pastures, and so... Now we're dealing with a situation where in many cases they're seeing pastures that are certainly damaged. That may be a, a multiple year event actually going back to 2022. But now they're thinking about what do we do with this as we also think about next year. What are some things that you would encourage them to consider, evaluate? How should they do that as they look at their smooth brown pastures? You know, Aaron, that's a good question, you know, and I, I appreciate you kind of laying the highlights there. You know, th this hasn't been a short term to get where we are. You know, it, it dry extending back last fall, you know, into this spring. It certainly did a uh, certainly did a number on on the pastures. And I, I think early on, you know, it was kind of difficult to tell, at least because it was so dry. There wasn't a lot of difference in the growth. Uh, between the uh, pastures that uh, had cattle grazing on them and, and then those that were managed uh, primarily as hay. You know, about almost every time you think that uh, that it's too late to rain, you know, or 15 minutes before that bell rings, we usually get some precipitation that starts. And I think that was a, a little bit of the case this year. You know, looking at those pastures, I, I really didn't think that they had a lot of uh, a lot of hope of, of much recovery, especially this late in the season. But I think one of the things that, that I've seen at least, and, and I think Ben probably has a maybe a little better idea of some of the, the graze pastures, but some of those pastures that were managed primarily as, as hay that had been harvested only once a year, you know, they'd been kind of uh, pampered along with quite a bit of fertility to increase the production. Th those pastures really seemed to take off with just a uh, with just a little bit of precipitation. I went out and, and looked at a couple last week and it was still extremely hot, but a lot of those hay fields were were recovering very nicely. They had uh, had thickened up quite nice and uh, I think a lot of producers at least that had some of those uh, hay fields or the brome hay fields were getting ready to uh, go ahead and wait on a little dry weather and, and go ahead and uh, cut some brome hay. I agree with you, Darren, that, you know, it, it, this has been kind of a long-term um, dry conditions that we're dealing with. And I, I think that looking at the management over that entire period is going to be really critical for how we get out of it. Like you said, you know, those hay fields, we're only harvesting, you know, a lot of times once a year, we've got fertility to them. They were able to recover a lot quicker if we've got a grazed pasture that's constantly had grazing pressure on it. Um, pretty consistently. And um, we've been putting that stress on top of the the dry weather. The recovery for those is going to be a lot slower and, and take a lot more time. 
So just keeping that in mind as we're looking at, you know, we're, we are seeing some recovery for those things, but the time period that it's going to take to get back to what we'd consider normal is going to really depend on the management conditions that we had for those past years. And even though we are seeing that recovery, um, I'd expect this year, you know, our production's not going to be what we normally would expect just because the stress and, and the later time that we got that moisture, you know, unless we get a really big flush in the fall, which, um, happens sometimes, but I, I really think that we're going to have a lot lower production in our brome pastures and, and hay fields than we typically have in a normal year. So let's, let's jump on that just a little bit more because both Darren and Ben, you hit on recovery. And so as we think about a plant and we think about smooth brome, I mean, it is hardy. I mean, we joke out here in Western Nebraska, it's almost impossible to kill just thinking about some CRP fields out here that people try to renovate that have been seeded to smooth brome. But that having been said, uh, as you mentioned, Ben, if it was dry and people are continually grazing that, and also just thinking about this fall, as we evaluate these pastures today and we want to see recovery take place, really this fall is when we need to be evaluating what should we do in terms of trying to encourage recovery to occur. And then with that, how can we think about uh, creating an environment or providing what is needed to give these pastures the greatest opportunity to recover? Uh, thinking about grazing in 2024. The other thing I would just add to that, not to pile on here, but is there a chance now or the opportunity to maybe go in and do some renovation of some of these pastures or add a legume to these pastures because this smooth brome has been weakened and give some other plants an opportunity to be part of the mix? I think both of those are are very realistic options. I, I think some of that though, Aaron, Maybe depends on the uh, severity of the of the drought damage. Using those those fields as a as an example, uh, you know, after looking at those, and although they looked bad early on, you know, I I, I don't think that there's much going to be much of an issue with uh, fields that have only been hayed once you start to get a little bit of regular precipitation. Uh, these that have been grazed, in order to evaluate them a little more accurately, uh, they're going to need a chance for those plants that are there to uh, provide a, a bit of growth so you can try to assess a, a lot of the damage. You know, if you've got one that's pretty obvious that it's going to be uh, weak, uh, maybe it's a little bit slow to grow, it may be one that that might be a uh, might be a good candidate to go in and, and replace. On the replacement, a couple of things to to think about on that. You know, there's a NEB guide, a G1705, on establishing dryland forages that that goes through that process in in detail. Uh, but I think the things as you you keep in mind, some of that early season weed control at establishment is going to be an important criteria. Uh, correcting fertility, if that is uh, low, is is also going to be uh, going to be a practice that needs to be going to need to be improved. Uh, it might even be soil pH. We generally don't think much about soil pH across much of these pastures, uh, but when you're going in and, and replacing, that's going to be one of the one of the critical soil characteristics to, to look at. Also like to point out that that while uh, the current smooth brome grass, old Lincoln brome pastures are, are pretty good, uh, there are some uh, improved cultivars that are available of both smooth brome grass. Newell is the cultivar and then there are also a couple if you wanted to, to increase the diversity and include uh, some intermediate wheat grass, or maybe you want to replace the brome with intermediate wheat grass. 
wheat grasses uh, to me seem like they have just a slight bit more uh, hesitate to call it drought tolerance. So I'll call it a little bit a little bit more dry weather tolerance than maybe the brome does. Uh, there are a couple of a uh, couple of new cultivars of those. Uh, Manska is one, and Beef Maker is another one. The reason for including those new cultivars, if you're replacing, all those have some demonstrated uh, value of increased forage yield, and they've also been selected for higher digestibility. Uh, so there's more available energy there, as well as as higher yield using some of these uh, some of these newer cultivars. You know, Darren, I think that's a really good point that we've got that opportunity to possibly improve a pasture somewhat you know, make some lemonade out of the lemons that we're getting handed here. And Darren, you mentioned, you know, interseeding from some legume standpoint, you know, that's always a possibility too. Two probably big options are, are going to be red clover is a, a really great one. If you're looking for a probably um, easy to establish a legume to put into from a grazing standpoint, that's something that if we let those pastures recover somewhat, but um, would probably be better seeding uh, late winter into the early spring, um, doing overseeding type thing. So that would be a situation where actually keeping the pasture maybe a little bit tighter if we're grazing it or um, haying later and, and giving that an opportunity to establish next year would be really good. Alfalfa is an option. We don't want to you know overdo it with either of those just for the bloat risk, especially if we're looking at a grazed pasture. But um, putting a little bit in uh, isn't going to hurt from a grazing standpoint if it's you know not a, a majority part of the stand. You know animals can adapt to that and graze it. We just need to watch it probably in the spring when it's really fresh. Um, but that would be one that we'd probably look at interceding this fall and giving a, a chance to establish before winter. But recovery from any of those cases, and I, I appreciate your comments, Aaron, about, you know, just the hardiness of Rome, because that's something when folks ask, you know, if we're doing a new pasture, if you just want to turn the cows out and you don't really want to manage it much, I always think Brome's a great option because it is so hardy. And I, I'd agree that it's almost impossible to kill. But that being said, um, this last year with the dry conditions in the fall, I started getting some calls this spring with some brome pastures that had some significant winter kill. Just they were pushed really hard through the summer and, and grazed hard into the fall. And then just the, you know, conditions over the winter actually killed off, you know, some pretty big patches and some pastures. And so, you know, that is something that we need to take into consideration. If we've got a pasture that's looking really rough taking it easy on it this fall and giving it that chance to kind of um, come back and, and winterize itself. You know, that's something we talk about with alfalfa, but might be applicable here in brome pastures as well, um, giving it that chance to recover somewhat. So it's got those reserves. It's able to make it through the fall and we can have a full recovery next spring. You know, if we push it too hard this fall, um, even though we're getting some growth back, we can push things over that limit and, and really run into a mess next spring still. So Ben, I guess what I hear you saying is maybe we need to go out and evaluate these pastures. And if we've got a smooth brown pasture that has been pretty beat up, that pretty short, maybe we think we have some damage and and some bare patches, would it be worth pulling the cows off those pastures, maybe dry lotting them? Again, I know that's not a popular thing to do, but giving those pastures a little bit of fertility, especially if we're getting some moisture and, and the opportunity to grow this fall without being grazed to reestablish some root reserves, get some plant vigor back. So hopefully we're in a better position going into next spring. I definitely think that's, you know, an option that we need to consider, Aaron. You know, with anything with 
agriculture, we're just weighing the risks of different things. And so, you know, every operation is going to be a little bit different and you have to look at what facilities you have to, to move those cows off. Do we have the feed resources available? Are we going to break the bank by um, pulling them off and, and having to dry lot them? Just opens up the whole nother can of worms that we have to think through. But I, I do think it's something that we need to consider and then consider the repercussions if we do push it too hard. Um, and we don't have, you know, a good stand next spring, what are the repercussions of that going to be? So I, I do think it's, we need to go out, do some evaluation, make some of those judgment calls. And and maybe it's as simple as, okay, can we, uh, you know, split this pasture in half or, um, you know, confine to a, a smaller area of the pasture and minimize the damage um, to the pasture as a whole? Um, you know, that might be an option that's worth considering as well. You know, if at all possible, it's going to be important not to allow these brome pastures to effectively complete their their fall growth cycle and not graze until the the following spring. Uh, the reason that is 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 because that fall growth is is actually what translates to to spring growth. A lot of your uh, the spring production uh, from those tillers occurs from tiller growth in the fall. Uh, and if nothing else, that'll increase the the stand density uh, a little bit, so that uh, you have the possibility uh, uh, to go in and 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 use it next spring. Well, Darren, Ben, anything else you'd like to highlight on this today? Two things that I'd just like to throw out. You know, one is with these plants recovering. Some situations, you know, they weren't able to to fully mature, and in some situations. We've got regrowth coming up through, you know, some really stunted, um, more mature plants. And I've heard some um, cases where we've had a, you know, uptake in pink eye just because we've got that old seed head down among, you know, some new growth. And so that's just putting it right in contact with, you know, the cattle and their, their muzzle and their eyes there. So that's just something that I think producers as we're turning out might want to be aware of. And the other thing is we mentioned before, you know, weed control is something that's, uh, especially if we're looking to do some interseeding or some reestablishment, we really need to be keeping an eye on. But if we're letting pastures recover, you know, sometimes weeds are just opportunistic. We've got an open canopy. We've got space in that pasture now where those brome plants, you know, were before and they've shrunk back because they've been stressed. And we've got these annual weeds that come in and take advantage of that. And um, I sometimes we're really quick to pull the trigger, but sometimes uh, I'd say, you know, those aren't necessarily um, causing us a whole lot of harm. If they're not a noxious weed, if they're not totally taking over our pasture and our production, and it's something that cattle can actually graze on, you know, it's, it's providing a little bit more forage out there. And then honestly, if we provide the correct grazing management and allow for that pasture to recover, the stand's going to thicken back up and it's going to take back over and and we don't have to worry about those, you know, next year or in two years because we've done the right things grazing wise and they've just been pushed out and we didn't have to spend the money on, on herbicide. So we might see some more weeds pop up just purely because of that opening of the canopy. But uh, a lot of times if we have the right conditions and in, in grazing management, they'll go away on their own. Yeah, no, and I, I I second that weed control, you know. So I, I think if we look at, at three, we've talked a little bit about grazing deferment, uh, talked a little bit about weed control, but I also don't think that we can forget the uh, fertility aspect, especially. And, and I, I would maybe go even so far as to say probably forage uh, fertility should probably be given a, a very hard look, uh, especially in those stands that have been kind of beat up. That That's especially true 
if these pastures haven't been fertilized in a few years. You know, so they've been grazed repeatedly during the drought, as we've as Ben had talked about. You know, root growth is, is likely to be restricted in the top inches of soil. So it's important that these plants have a uh, a strong root system uh, to kind of speed the speed the recovery process. I think one of the nutrients we often forget is uh, is phosphorus. The reason that we apply phosphorus to many of these stands is is to increase the root growth. And so, you know, they they may benefit even from uh, additional phosphorus, even if you do a soil test and it indicates that that phosphorus is going to be adequate. Uh, as far as nitrogen on that, I, I don't know, especially this fall or during recovery, you know, I would apply that uh, only if we've got some soil moisture present and that smooth brome grass is actively growing. Otherwise, I think we may wind up with a uh, to probably be a little more problematic on the on the on the weed population bit. So you know, I, I think there are some things there that we would recommend, but it, it it needs and they're important as a as a management practice. But I, I I do think there are some things there that we need to pay attention to when we uh, when we go in and 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 do some of these corrective measures to try to enhance the brome recovery. Well, Darren Ben, thanks for your time today and for joining me on the Beef Watch podcast. Pleasure chatting with you. Aaron, thank you very much and enjoyed being here. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. The title of the article we discussed today, Drought Damage Smooth Grown Pastures, Assessment and Recovery Considerations.